Hello, it's uh, Do You Expect This Talk Commentary Time. Uh, I am uh, well. I'm not the host, but I am the commentary host, as you as you as you would. Uh, it's uh, it's me, Chris of Arizona Cinematronics on Twitter. Uh, joining us, as always, is our actual host, uh, Rebecca Andrews. Say hi. Hello. Rebecca. Uh, and of hi. course, <laughs> um, son of James, but you know, uh, <laughs> Dave, David Bond, is one. God, someone should someone should tell that guy that fucking raised me. <laughs> oh, oh God, I'm so sorry, Dad. Shocking, positively shocking. Who's James then? Was he like a fucking milkman or something? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have words with my mother. You've broken up a family, but we'll be healthier for it in the long run. Who's your mum then? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> she didn't have to do a maternity test. <laughs> And, uh, anyway, and, also, <laughs> and also uh, joining us uh, as our uh, guest for this uh, for our journey into Star Trek, it is uh, Mr. Charlie Brigden. Hello. So uh, the film, I think it was voted, wasn't it? We were way, way back when before we even started doing the Trek films. We uh, we voted on which of the generation cast film we should do, and this this one didn't it, Dave? It did. It, it only won by like a couple of votes. Uh, I really thought First Contact would win this, just because yeah. it's the most liked, generally. Forget amongst us, I just mean broadly speaking. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it, but uh, it, we got a fair few votes. I mean, it was certainly in the several tens of votes. Yeah. And this won by a couple of votes over First Contact. Got about 45% of the vote. I've got to say, I'm kind of glad it did. I think I'm, this will make a better commentary for First Contact. This or Nemesis, I think, would probably be a better commentary, if it was my choice. My personal choice, I would probably choose. Well, Insurrection, we can snore through, and <laughs> the first contact, I think, is a lot of action. Yeah, I'm less sure about our but... choice for next week, which we can obviously get to a bit later. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I just we decided to stick it out to the vote this time. We, we kind of just do what we feel like. I'm not saying we'll always do that. It's kind of almost on a whim. I just thought, well, let's see what people think. Um... Sometimes we'll just choose them. Sometimes we won't. Some series we won't even do commentaries. Public chose generations. The public chose generations. Yeah, it's probably just for you know. They wanted cooking you because know, <laughs> <laughs> it was the cooking, wasn't it? Yeah. A load of ready said. A load of ready said <laughs> cook fans seem to traded our forum. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, um, as ever, we are on the uh, the screen. Well, you know, we're watching on the the Blu-ray. We're not. We're not on the screens. We're not. <laughs> no, we're not on your screens. Well, well, in, in our homes, we've got the film on the screens. Um, we're on, on we're the in your screen. ears, but you know. Yeah, coming into your ears. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, Chris. <laughs> yeah, she is speaking for herself. You, you, you'd need a funnel backup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've always got baby wipes. Uh, so, um, yes, <laughs> and um, sometimes another door. Oh, dear. <laughs> sorry, 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 anyway. that, joke just, yeah, that joke just like crept into me. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, uh, I've got my finger on the button, and on three, I will press play, and we'll begin watching uh, this. The, the finest Star Trek film. Oh, I really hope we don't have technical problems because you are breaking up very slightly, Chris. Yeah, you are a little bit. Okay. Mm. Yeah, you are. Okay. Just a problem. It's like when I introduced myself, I said hi, and it's like you didn't hear me. I was like, uh. 
doesn't matter. It's acceptable so far, but I'll see you through the recording. Believe me. Uh, am I okay now? It's only periodic anyway. So oh, okay, okay. So it's just little chips and bads. Okay. Fine. So, arm free. I okay. will uh, press the play button and we'll begin watching uh, Star Trek Generations. So, on on free. Ready? One, yep. two, and three. And this is, uh, I just realized this is the first time I'm actually testing out my, uh, my Blu-ray. Oh. First, first Blu-ray I'm actually playing is Star Trek Generations. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah same for my new games console, which I'll remain actually, playing no, I'll this. tell a lie, it was Suicide Squad. <gasps> Maybe that's one for future consideration. What, uh, well, let's see how DC goes. I mean, if DC gets a run of films going, then yeah, we'll cover them at some point. Well, it's, it's already got um, Justice League and Wonder Woman uh, set to come out this year, so that's at least yeah. And, five. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you gonna say three at some point? He's done it. We're already watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Or did you hear eight? But you want to hear C three again because it was just so great. <laughs> Free. I'm, fi I'm fifty five seconds into it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Frakes has just come up. Yeah. 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 As always. As he is once. It's all good. It's all good. <clears throat> yeah, I think we said this on the um, podcast, but I do actually like the how they opened it. Yeah, nice credit. Obviously, obviously, this effect would look a lot better now. But um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good evening. It's kind of mysterious. James Doohan's name's just come up. I was reading about him because I knew I know he was. Um, I think it might have been D Day. It might have been the Normandy landings. He was part of that. He was shot six times. Really? Uh, four of the. Yeah, four of those shots were in his legs. I thought it was seven, actually, till I read today. But it was six shots, four of them in his legs, and there was one in his torso. I'll probably get the exact detail wrong, but it did, like, black out of the third style hit, like, his cigarette case that was, like, bought by his mum for him before he went abroad <laughs> or something. So I take and it then, and the off the cigarette case and, and went up his nose and blew his brains oh, out. Right, his nose into his brain, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other shot uh, shot the middle finger off on his right hand. So he couldn't even tell them to fuck off. And, and they still shot. made him run up those stairs to shoot that sniper. <laughs> I think that was I like... one of my fun facts in the previous one. Where obviously, you know, he says, oh, can I see your other hand? And obviously he can't. There's a reference to Scotty losing the finger. Okay. From what I remember. I, 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 we haven't got it on at the moment, but I do remember quite enjoying the score to this at this part. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do, I do like the score to this film. Mm. That's a big wine bottle. Now, that, that's this is the last time we'll see those uh, Star Trek uniforms as well. Um. Yeah. Um. Certainly in in the films. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, next gen was yeah. You, you, they have cameoed in time travel stories and all the rest of it, but yeah. Yeah. There's a few people you'll recognise on this bunch. Um, firstly, William Shatner. You may have seen. <laughs> him. Obviously, that's uh, Alan Ross. First viewers, mate. Yeah. Wasn't he also in uh, Spin City with Michael J. Fox? Maybe. Or something like that. 
Um, you've also got somewhere there at the guy who paid was it Aaron Pierce? I know Charlie's never seen it, but yes. basically the security guy from Twenty Four. He's he's in a lot of stuff. He, lo- he lost his hair fairly quick. He's, he's still got some hair here, but you'll see like a redheaded guy, and that's him. Wasn't he also on um, CSI as well? I, I've never watched it. Um, I've never watched CSI, so I don't know. He, he's one of those guys who's in like loads of stuff. Uh, he's always playing like military, mm-hmm. FBI, authority type guys. Yeah. He, he's never. He's not fat now, so I don't want that to be misunderstood, but he's a little bit bigger built than he was there. And he lost his hair within like three or four years of this. Yeah. Well, so he does look a little different. Well, he'll be in his 60s now, won't he? So 60s, probably 70s. By now, I'm not quite sure. Maybe hmm. by now, I don't know. Also on the bridge there, I think you've got... Uh, what's the actress called, Charlie? Terminator uh, 2? Aliens? Yeah, uh, Jeanette Goldstein, who was uh, Vasquez. Yeah, oh. Vasquez. Right, and, uh, oh. John Connor's head there. Yeah. John Connor's um, adoptive or, or Yeah, John Connor's stepmom. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Foster mother. Foster mother, yeah. <clears throat> He's crap in this film. Look at it. He's crap. He's <laughs> <laughs> a bit rubbish. He tries. He tries. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that's for, because obviously I don't know if they foresaw the internet being as big as it is. But Next Gen told us TV was obsolete after about 2040 or something like that. But you've got all these guys, reporters coming around recording them. I'm not quite sure what format that's for. But, um Stream to your eyeballs. Possibly, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> to your brain or something, I don't know. In through your ear. I suppose just documenting it, I is suppose. It, is that yeah. part of Gene Waddery's utopian vision is that there's no TV? <laughs> Ironically, seeing as how you made his fortune. Yeah, that could be. Seems to be, yeah. I suppose maybe you think, you think of the holodeck. It's all and it's like baseball. When, I mean, it's not big in this country, but like baseball's huge in North America and other, some other parts of the world, and it supposedly mm. just disappears. Really? Uh, that's Tim yeah, Russ, you can see at the back there. Tim Russ's Tuvok on uh, Voyager. Yes, not the same character because he's uh, a Vulcan there. This is pre-Voyager, so it wouldn't have been a cameo. It just would have been a small part, basically. Before he was famous. Well. I found this really funny. <laughs> Just realised I haven't got the subtitles on. <laughs> oh no. You have to know what they're saying off the hook. Yeah. Get, get to miss uh, Chekhov's uh, Bones impression. It's, it's always, I know you're absolutely right, because I said, well, what was the thing that gave it away? And you said, well, he's playing a doctor, effectively. And I, thought, <laughs> I hadn't thought that. I was, going off what, I was going off what they were saying. And it was where um, Scotty says, uh, is there something wrong with your chair? And that jo- I could hear Leonard Nimoy saying that. Mm. Yeah. That's all pretty For me, it was... Um... It was Chekhov basically just sort of giving out like orders, like sort of, oh, you're you're now up, you're now uh, nurses now, kind of just like that's just totally bones, that's completely bones. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what he does, isn't it? So. Yeah. Now, I I can see why they've done this scene the way they have. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure about this. I mean, the, the Enterprise is, is always the flagship. If you want an excuse to have them on a starship now they've retired, I suppose it makes sense that it's the next iteration of the Enterprise. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm staggered this guy's captain. Yeah. I mean, I know I know he's been caught in a situation he wasn't expecting. This was this was like, you know, this was a parade lap effectively. Yeah. But even so, he, they he does look seem completely quite inexperienced. Lost. Yes, he does. Well, it's just probably one of the things where, like, oh, you just take, you just like just captain it once while we just do this sort of, as you say, parade parade lap around the stars mm. kind of thing. But you know, 150 years in sort of space by this point, you know, or so. Uh, they've never documented this this phenomena at all. They're the only one in range, and they've gone out without, you know, shields and. Yeah, they're missing quite a lot of equipment, bits. aren't they? Yeah, it doesn't seem very safe. But I suppose they have to sort of sell it that why Kirk would take charge, you know, as well. So like, so the captain's acting yeah. um, incompetent in a kind of way, or. How is it they just left Earth, but they were the only one in range? Hmm, maybe not. Well, apart from the usual Star Trek um, trope. They do it too often near Earth. Yeah. It's like, well, put it somewhere else then. <laughs> I mean, at the Enterprise thing, we got, I got confused on an earlier episode because Charlie kept telling me the original Enterprise was built in San Francisco and it didn't sound right. It is right. I'm thinking of the D. The D was built built in some space dock around one of the moons of like Mars or something Mars, like that. Yeah, um, it's like well, at least put it somewhere else in the solar system. Maybe I don't know. Have it built somewhere else. The Enterprise A in the reboot version was built in deep, in very deep space. Ah, oh, quantum interference. Doesn't that just fuck everyone's life up? Oh. <laughs> the amount of times quantum interference has fucked up our Skype connections, I'll tell you. I know. That's, that's, the, that's the curse of us all, really, quantum interference. And unfortunately, we're, we're the only podcasters in range. What a shame. Yeah. Come on, Cameron, you can do better. Can really see Shatner's girdle in action there, can't you? Who's that random guy just hanging out by the turbo lift? Turbo lift operator, your floor, sir? What, you mean that old guy? Just. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, just hanging around in the background. He's just sat down. So always they just got lost and thought, oh, okay, might as well just... <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep him in. <laughs> Shits and giggles. Is, is this the canteen? Though, no? Oh, okay. He's <laughs> 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 Ethan Star Trek as well, isn't he? Is he like the, yeah, the Vulcan? Yeah. Yeah. Tuvok. 
actually okay in the role. You know, most people. Mm. I don't so like I, Voyager much, um, uh, but I've, I've complained about the way people play Vulcans. He wasn't bad at all. You think I'm confused with Klingons, Dave? <coughs> oh yeah, of course. Like I had to specify that hey, I got forty seven out of one hundred and fifty. Like just forty seven. Forty two. But yeah, the re the rest of them are perfectly happy in the you know the ribbon. They're living in there now. Yeah. Probably doing like a nice on loving it. <laughs> <laughs> or cosplaying Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Galloping on wild horses. <laughs> wild horses couldn't drag them away. No, indeed. I was thinking that. I, thought, oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll save that for you, do. Good job they weren't crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't do this one. It's under effect. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I love these commentaries. We can talk about anything apart from the film. I liked. I liked how they had to uh, basically give Whoopi or Goldberg an origin story. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. At last, it's uncredited. I mean, these other films, and then hold on, here's the backstory. Well, she she did have one before because when they uh, when they introduced the Borg in Q Hu, which is in this TNG season two, yes, that was kind of she kind of told Picard about the Borg because. That one kind of, I guess, was that the first time Dave her backstory came up? Yeah, because um, she was, yeah, she was only introduced in season two. I think, I think yeah. you may have already seen her by that point. But she says about how the Borg, Borg had attacked her people mm. and they were scattered across the galaxy. Um, I think it's partly that they, they're so long lived. So it explains how you've got a race that can go from the between the two different eras without aging too much. Um, but it's the only thing with it is is obviously my picture of what an Elorian should be is Guinan. Yeah, but Guinan sounds yes. very typical. We're told they're a race of listeners, so that very calming sort of, you know, <laughs> you know, pair of ears basically behind the bar to listen to you, and just drop in the odd thought here and there. Um, Soren, it doesn't come across like that at all at any point. No, he's just crazy. But yeah, he has gone mad in fairness at this point, so mm. he might not quite... The other thing is, you can come out at any point. How long was he in there? Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it, no, that's it, true, looked, yeah. it looked like a moment, but it could have been... It could have been years. Mm. Like it's like crazy. He'll jump, he'll jump off a ledge with Mar Marion Cotillard. No... <laughs> He's uh, heading down to a disco there, by the look of it. Disco, disco. Well, or rather, Shatner's uh, body double. He'll find, he'll find bones there, bearded, dancing. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Oh, I'm a swinger. <laughs> I'm a swinger, not a doctor. Oh, dear. I think this just goes on way too long. 
it, it, do, it does when you're watching it without um <laughs> that, yeah. it's like when we did the spy you love me after after james got drunk <laughs> he watched him go all the way back to like cm and he was like walking for what felt like days it's a bit like that here we've got no sound or anything and we're just like how long is it taking him to get down there but you got the other things to occupy your mind it just to plug, plug the fridge back in or whatever he's doing <laughs> You can you can kind of peel that away and kind of look at it in terms of the shot composition and you know the cuts and the angles used and things like that maybe to kind of break things up a little bit or to create a sense of urgency and that scene could have done with a little bit of chopping but apart from that is that literally Charlie the um, Excelsior or have they changed the model I know it isn't literally the Excelsior it's the Enterprise B but is it the same model <clears throat> no they've changed it there's uh, the kind of flaring out of the um... Of the, of the, the secondary hull because okay. the Excelsior is just completely smooth whereas it right. kind of has those flared out bits and then there's little kind of um on the uh the tips and the snails are different a couple okay. of things like that and uh yeah I'm oh, in there. The oh yeah yeah and it was interesting that i think well we talked about this back in the uh the commentary that it was always predestined that it was going to be an Excelsior type ship because of when they made the uh, the ready room, which I I'd never noticed at all. I think your eyes are drawn to the ships you know. Yeah, you know, well, I, I thought just disappeared I, after a season or two as well. Well, that's one of the things that I've always been drawn to with Star Trek is the spaceships, and I've yeah. always had like models and stuff and things. And I, I don't but, like um, it when they're not there, Charlie. It's one of the. I, it's not a problem with Beyond in that I don't think it makes Beyond bad. But obviously we lose the ship so early in the film and it's just, no, I, I like them being with the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. So, we were privileged to see Kirk sucked off one last time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm aware I cracked that during the review. But I liked it, so I'm doing it again. <laughs> the best oh, oh, oh. see that sort of slightly grilled effect that was there on the excelsior it was yeah it was uh because the the, the the designer um based it on a japanese fan oh, okay wow that's fascinating because he wanted to have um because when because when the search for spot came out which is when the excelsior was introduced yes um there was kind of like the where i mean it still is obviously the case but where japan was the big technological giant way ahead of everyone oh so yeah he, so he sure. wanted the excelsior to be that kind of huge technical mm. um technological advance compared to the enterprise now can you see why that like, that doesn't look like a real ship to me i know it <laughs> is but look at the color <laughs> scheme there yeah it's like peter yeah it's a bit of peter isn't it not janet ellis obviously <laughs> <laughs> it's not that adult is it still I, going? I, I just don't get what this whole thing is it's like it's a promotion party. I don't know who's flying the ship at this point. <laughs> Everyone else is on board. Like, mm, that's that's another Wesley cutscene. <laughs> well, I can't remember. Where is he in this scene? I can't remember. I'd be a bit concerned. If no. my boss came to me and said, I think you've been doing an excellent job. I'd like to promote you. Um, we've got this idea for this ceremony. Um, Make you walk the plank. Are you happy, are you happy to wear handcuffs? <laughs> <laughs> It depend on who your boss is. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you happy to be dressed up like an idiot and for us to make fun of you by the fact that you kind of just don't get most of our jokes? Well, well but by this point, he's already dressed up as one of the merry men and the cowboy and... There's, That's true. There's plenty of um, humiliation on the holodeck for Wharf in previous seasons, so... As I recall, and, and I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but there was something like three holodecks on the Enterprise D anyway. Maybe mm-hmm. four, something like that. There's 1,012 people on the ship. So there's a holodeck per every 250 people. Oh. You'd, think, you, you'd think you'd only be able to get in there once every like four months or so. You have to book it in advance. I know, but they can just wander in whenever they feel like. And it isn't like... Drenched in jism or anything? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, like, not like the ones on Deep Space Nine. The Deep Space Nine ones, Ooh. at least, actually, they're called the Hollow Sweets. Hollow Sweets. Hollow Sweets, that sounds And sweet. they are kind of, it's hinted that they're used, Charlie knows DS9 better than me, but it is yeah. hinted that they're a bit Sleazy. more salacious. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, really? Ooh. Well, it's I'd... more the fact that you've got, like, um, Quark going, you know, trying to, oh. like, sell time in the Hollow Suite, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you see um, Major Kira and um, and Dax going for massages and things. Oh. Yeah. I always wondered about with the holodecks about in terms of the the relativity between the actual size, however big the room was, and the actual space they had inside, because it always seems there's a huge disconnect. Yeah, well, it's like it, a massive I, room with a tiny I, little I, space. I, be- I believe the floor effectively moves. Oh, okay. I don't know how that works when you and I can see each other and we look like we're 200 yards apart. Mm. I don't know how that works. But the idea I've got to walk 200 yards, well, the ground is holographic, so... Yeah, just, just, that moves I can buy that, but it doesn't entirely make sense. No. It's just thinking if, if 250 people want to use the holodeck... Yeah. Um, you can put them all in. Then, yeah. Oh, I see where, what you mean. Yeah. Well, if that was the case, you could have individual hollow booths in your room. <laughs> you, could have, you could have the Titanic, you the the, uh, the holodeck program of the Titanic, <laughs> with all of them squeezed in. Yeah. Would you, would you be able to swim out from the ocean to land or something? Well, I want to know. Why, if it's like the holodeck and this is not real, why why is she pissed off that Data pushed her in the water? It's not real. So she's, she's, not, actually, she's not actually really wet, though, is she? Yeah. Uh, he's got a point, Charlie. That's holographic water. True, but don't they use, the use, use matter in the holodeck to simulate these kind of things? Well, I know they do, but when you walk out of it, the matter that it's simulated doesn't come out with you. And they will dry. Yeah. Which was a very yeah. nice thing to do. I don't think it was very yeah. funny. But well, I, I, think, I, think, I think we're I, overthinking it too much. I think Star Trek should be like banned. <laughs> On that very basis. <laughs> <laughs> this is very Picard, though, and this is a, a nod to Hornblower. It is, yes. Um, both, I'm not, su- I'm not sure if it was Shatner or um, Jeff, what's he called? The, the Cage. Oh, uh, Jeff, um, uh, Jeffrey Hunter. Jeffrey Hunter. I blanked on his name for a minute. But he spoke to two of the captains, and one of them was definitely Stuart where they said to him about what what's the character, and he handed them um, a, a Horatio Hornblower book. Uh, which makes me laugh that, that, you know, 16 years later or whatever it was, 
when Nicholas Mayer and Harve Bennett said to him, it's naval, hmm. he argued, well, the whole genesis of, of captaincy and Starfleet was naval. Yeah. Must be, it no. does suit the card, doesn't it, to be like dressed in that? Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, I've got a much, I say more of an appreciation, that's not true. I did appreciate him already, but um, I was always firmly a Picard guy. I'm still a Picard guy, but I missed Shatner when he went. And when I say when he went, I mean after six, not this film. This is almost like a reprise. Mm. Um, when the original crew went and then we got these films that weren't that great, I did miss him. But, yeah, he's definitely, you know, my captain. I think he's really great. He's obviously just had – even his walk, he's just very businesslike. He's got um, – he's just been told – well, we, we don't know yet officially if you're watching the film, but he's just had bad news from home, basically. So what about Shatner did you miss? Or could, or could you not, like – Put your finger on it. It's just like just it's really miss. difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, if you take original series Kirk versus TNG series Picard, it's not even a competition. And I like TOS. I like it a lot. But there was something about when he got to his well about fifty and started being convinced that he should play the role a bit older. He had a charm and seniority to him. I really liked. Um, and I think that my, I think my favourite scene and your favourite scene is the best uh, the same sorry and the best the one where he says I don't like to lose mm. but it doesn't come off wildly arrogant and, and I really hate pop cultures I, I play into it sometimes because it is hilarious to take the piss out of you know J James D. Kirk is fucking everything that moves <laughs> but that isn't Kirk mm. it isn't and no. He's actually, and the idea as well that he was like gung ho. He, he's not gung ho, ho at all. It's all about calculated risk and just optimism and belief. And yeah, so I mean, I, I, I did miss him. I just I missed that crew when they went. Uh, I think what doesn't help is the, these films aren't that great. I mean, if the, if the Next Generation crew had come straight in with something as good as the Wrath of the Khan, I'd have been perfectly happy. Um, it suffered from being like TV movie syndrome, really, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I felt a bit. Uh, Rick Berman said in in one of the things I read that the studio wanted this film for ninety four, and he said, "Look, why don't we take a break? Because the series finishes. We it finishes with effectively a movie anyway. Um, all good things. In ninety four, we've got other Star Trek content coming. At this point, both." TV and film were owned by the same company. That's not the case now. But they insisted. And I, I do think had 96 seen the first film, we might have been all the better for it. The only thing is that they seem to need to write the enterprises out in that I don't think they go straight to um, they're on a new ship. Well, what happened to the E or the D, sorry? Um but I think this film is hurt by the fact that they're adapting TV sets. I think he did a great job with it. I think this film is properly attractive, but it isn't truly cinematic if you know the TV show. Because it does look a bit like the TV show put on the big screen. 
Yeah, it's a bit of an extension. But they've lit. They, they, you know, the lighting's way better. Yeah, you've got money behind it. They've got the budget. They've got the sets. They've got the scale of production. Certainly better than Insurrection. Any day of the week. Insurrection suffered from um, cheap effects or you know poor CG. It was the first film that swapped over to CG. I didn't realise that until Charlie said. Mm. And, and then when I had yeah, a look at it, I was like, it, suddenly it was like, yeah, it wasn't ready, was it? what. Models still look better, generally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, con- it's the That's weight. not quite as true now, but yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of telling when models do look better than, than CGI. I think, I think in life, Charlie, on Earth, certainly, you, what you're about to say is right, it's weight. But I think when it's sort of space, it's actually, it's not just lighting, it's the way light refracts. Yeah. That by the time you get to like the Abrams films, they deliberately modelled all the panels on the top of the Enterprise imperfectly. So when light hit it, it would refract off in different ways. Mm. And so it looks real. I mean, it looks real to me anyway. But you go back to something like Insurrection and it just looks a bit of a blob. Yeah. I mean, it's far from the worst thing we've ever seen. Oh, it's yeah. not like it's not like American Werewolf in Paris bad, but it's it's two years after like they introduced this new ship and it looked great. Yeah, or uh, what was it? So recently, Predators was Predators bad? I can't remember now. I went to it, see it. I don't remember being like well, outraged it, by it. It's not a very good film, but the, there was there was some CGI in there, particularly one CGI explosion. All right. That, is pretty much the worst effect I've ever seen in a major Hollywood film. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to check that out now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, I was yeah. just... I quite enjoyed it. But, yeah. I did. It was but, right. I've, but I've never wanted to see it again. No. None of the characters made me think, oh, I'd like to spend a bit more time with them. But I enjoyed it at the time. I think it's summed up by... Um, Adam Brody is like he did a good job as an action guy, but he's not an action guy. <laughs> you know, he's. He... I know what you mean. So yeah, we've got the um, um, emotion chip here. Uh, that emotion chip was trailed in the series, so it's not a new concept. But little things like yeah, they do the best with what they've got. This is the ready room set they've been filming on for years, mm. and it's normally in bright light. And it's also got this weird tiled effect above the like the dado rail, if you like, right at the top, <laughs> which they which they've got rid of there. They've smoothed it out, but they've done their best with it. Just going to show you what different lighting and where, where, basi- where basically the reflection of his head was there, uh, right at the top, or the sort of silhouette of his head there. That is in the TV show. That's got like a weird kind of ceramic tile effect. You try to make it look a bit different. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's kind of... Despite the, you know, the extra budget and everything, there's only so much you can do, isn't there, I guess? If, and if you're obviously a huge fan of the series, you're going to pick up on these things and it's just... Just a bit of a thought experiment for a minute, Charlie. Had that been Kirk getting mm-hmm. similar news... With either Spock there, or you could superimpose Kirk on this crew, and it's Riker. Would he have told him what had happened? Absolutely. 
That's what I think. It, it yeah. just like, it's just Chris getting me to think about the differences between the two of them. He would he would have gone. Bones, spot come to my quarters, or at least one of them. Yeah, give yeah. me the honest. You know, tell me what's going on. Yeah, and then and then would have and then would have gone from there. Yeah, because because yeah, it was, and that that was always the difference for me, um, because of those three characters that Next Generation never really had an equivalent for. Picard didn't. Picard needed good people around him. Yeah, but he didn't need any one person. No, the closest actually was Troy. Occasional, I know. I could even say Beverly. There were situations through the series where he confided in both of them. Mm. Or Guinan. But he didn't really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could say that. That's interesting. But I think that we talk about just moments where he just needs someone to talk to, you know, like the best people, like the sort of listeners, or you know, uh, Troy's account, you know, the ship's council, anyway, you know. So. Well, just, Beverly, there's a love tension there, yeah. and it's quite a. It's quite a mature love tension. It isn't all... I, I say love tension, not sexual tension. Because I'm, although I'm sure there's a sexual element to it... It's more uh, romantic it, tension. It, it is that he's in love with Beverly. He has been all the way through. And he kind of admits it to her in season seven. But he made the decision during the... Well, before the show, uh, Jack, Beverly's husband, died uh, in the line of duty. And it was something Picard sent him to do. So Picard's always blamed himself. He's always worried Beverly blames him. And at the risk of sounding um, a juvenile, and I don't mean to, he, he doesn't feel like he can just like whip in there. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it is. If, if they got together... There's an element of guilt, of isn't there? Like, well, they, they would, kind of do, though, yeah. don't they? Well, yeah. all good things all is good a possible... Things. That's a possible future. Possible, yeah. Um, and it's one that already starts to change before the end of the episode, so... Let's assume they didn't. If they did, it would be a mature, a mature but awkward relationship in that they do love each other, but they're not used to being with people now, particularly Picard. Mm. But it is not. It is totally not. I, I, I desperately desire her. He is properly in love with her. Um, Troy sits next to him on the bridge. I don't think that's uh, an accident. I think that is. She is there to. Um, listen to him and also to interpret things for him. Um, and Guinan is possibly his oldest friend. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> he looks familiar. Hmm. Wasn't he in Clockwork Orange? <laughs> What's he up to these days? Um, what is the last uh, thing I've in shit oh. zombie films. That's probably what he's up to these days. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably. He, yeah. He, he was. He did. He did the Donald Pleasant role in the Halloween. He was movie. Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He was. That's right. He was all right for what it was. But he keeps popping up in his films. I think he's. Uh, he was in uh, that thing. He's, he's a horror movies. Oh. Um. Yeah, that's the new Rob Zombie one, isn't it? Yeah, it's awful, by the way. Really, yeah. Is it? Oh, no. What is? Uh, new Rob Zombie film. What's it called? Uh, 31, I think. Uh, 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it's just, like, has absolutely no substance to it. It's, it's one of those films that are just like, okay, well, 
like most drops on me thumbs yeah pretty much just like what the, yep, the, yep, there's literally yep. no point in what you're in what this is about not like a massive horror fan anyway but i've kind of given up i think because he was involved with the halloween remakes wasn't he and i thought oh okay I, I didn't. I don't Even hate. Up a little bit, the, unfortunately. I, I don't hate the first Halloween remake as much as most people, because I, th I thought it hung together as a film fairly well. Oh no, no, the definitely. I'm, and I'm the not casting was, was good like, as well. Um, the kid they cast was really good, and all the rest of it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like, exactly my, my problem with it is no, it really wasn't. And and when I go on Rotten Tomatoes, I I almost think like that score was predetermined before the film was released, because it's a bit of a sacred cow, but. What I will say, and I've said this through various episodes we've done in the past, is not everything needs a fucking explanation. No. And sometimes, you know, a killer just being a killer... Not everyone needs a backstory. It's good enough. And, and when that, you explain that it, what it was so effective about, That was what was so effective about the original Halloween, is that there was never an explanation for him. It was just... He was just crazy. He was, he was just evil. Almost the embodiment he was, of evil. He was he was just, yeah, he was just evil and bodified. Yeah. So I, I kind of <clears throat> straddle the two opinions in that I think as a film it's actually fine. I think it's quite effective, but I think you've missed the point if you're remaking Halloween of what works in it. Yeah. Now this was a, this was all the stuff you um, put a tweet out about, wasn't it, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, but um, um, the kind of straight man, funny man. Um, act of uh of levar burton and uh do, do you data. think levar burton does enhances what brett spiner does yeah no i think he does because he's he's always been the reliable person he's never much changed and that there's never been much of an evolution with the character but he's always been that that guy that helps along data in his journey to be more human and what have you and, it's, and especially here, where he has to be um, the grounding element to where Spiner goes mental uh, with all his jokes and everything. And uh, I think, yeah, I think he really helps here. He's got a more kind of like nurturing role, isn't he? Kind of in terms of like, let's say, being the straight man to data and also and obviously I, I, looking after the kids and everything previously. I do mm. feel across the piece. Um, we don't. I, I almost feel like they never pay the character off of Geordie. Oh, oh yeah. No, in, no, in that Geordie, no. Geordie's character is very diligent, very professional, very easygoing, very likable, um, but no success with women, um, and, and almost a bit lonely. And I just wish they'd been a little bit more development there because in the first series he's not chief engineer he's made chief engineer at the start of the second series i think around the same time wolf's made head of tactical and he doesn't really develop much further after that and i think that's a shame yeah because i remember um the episode where he ended up falling in love with the hologram yes the uh layer brahms layer brahms yeah That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? He kind of, he's like proper, well, I suppose, like the nice guy, as well, it were. He needs to save the Enterprise from something. Yeah. So he recreates it in the holodeck, the, the situation. 
and he ends up working with Leia Brahms, who's the um, original, one of the original design team that worked on the Enterprise when it was being built. Mm-hmm. The holodeck has them kind of where it was being built, you know, that, that station it was being built in. Um, and, and to start with, he, he generates her purely to deal with a problem. That's all it is. And as he talks to her and she's really, quote unquote, robotic, he asks the computer to better simulate her personality based on what, what's known about her. So, of course, he, he then works with a much more realistic human being, albeit a holographic one, for the next few days. And he just falls in love with her. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's got the program saying, you know, every time you touch the ship, it's me. And things like that, which is a bit creepy, even even with even with context. And of course, in a later episode, she comes in and sees that program. Yeah, mm. he's a bit embarrassed because <laughs> she's married for the start. And then again, in all good things, they get married as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <clears throat> I forgot about that one. Sorry, he's married to. I've, I've, I'm sure I must have remembered that he's married to Leia Brahms in all good things, is he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Where does that come out? I don't remember that at all. So I'm just going to watch that when we finish the podcast. He does, I was going to say. Mm. I'm not convinced by that, you know, but maybe. I could be. Don't watch it again. Misremembering. But, um. But yeah, here we, here we go with the al- uh, photo album of the future. <laughs> Keep oh, it retro. <laughs> yeah. Exactly TV like TNG95 sticker album. The holographic designs around the edges. Bobby Moore, captain of the Excelsior. (laughs) Bobby Charlton on the Farragut. (laughs) Gordon Banks in goal. Jumpers for goalposts. Isn't it? Mm. Mm, Oh, marvellous. Sorry, I always get like the wrong end of something, but I had to say that. You always get the wrong end of something. <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> this is about the only scene I think she's any good in through all, any of the films. And he's brilliant here because okay. most actors can cry on demand, but he actually looks a bit washed out. Yeah, he does look yeah. emotionally knackered from it all, doesn't he? He's <laughs> yeah. emotionally drained. Yeah, absolutely. Very reminiscing. That's the Picard manoeuvre, he's just done it. <laughs> Do we see a LaForge manoeuvre as well in this one? I can never remember. Well, there's actually two Picard manoeuvres, one of them to do with his original ship, the Stargazer. But that got referred to as the Picard manoeuvre. When they moved to these uniforms that are two-piece, it, the, the top would like ride up a bit, so every time he got up, he'd pull it down. And it was just such a recognisable character take it got referred to as the Picard manoeuvre. So after we've all, you know, had a business meeting, we can stand up and be like, right, I just thought tops. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so not you can work into your daily funding. The, that family line there, I mean, I know it's not the best written film in the world, but that, that is true. That is Picard's big grief about this and it's the reason the writers changed it from just Robert having a heart attack it makes it much more kind of meaningful doesn't it well yes and no in the, the original idea of having Robert have a heart attack is their brothers and they're of the same generation 
Sure. So it would be like, how long have I got left? You know, my mortality. But actually, when you take away the next generation as well, pardon the pun, it is like, well, I never had a family. I never had children. No. Mm. And so this Picard name of which I'm justly proud will die with me. <clears throat> You've got kind of a double meaning, obviously, with, with the title as well, because you're not just literally the torch being handed over from one crew to the other kind of thing but you've also got obviously the you know generations of, of picard families oh for all the fl flaws of this film th those themes are addressed fairly well actually sure. yeah no, I, I, would, I would agree i think that's why i've still kind of kept connected to it all these years um with a bit of affinity to it okay um i'm, I'm on memory alpha so obviously this has to be the truth okay. uh, it's <laughs> likely to be accurate in an alternate future around 2395, Dr. Brahms was married to LaForge. The couple were living on the couple was living on Rigel 3 and had three children together. During this oh. time, Leah had been become the director of the Daystrom Institute. The Daystrom Institute is mentioned in all good things. I don't uh, remember and, and, it gives, and then it gives all good things as a as a as a reference. Fair enough, we'll go with it then. But apparently she was also plus apparently um, in the Sergeant Nemesis script, there's supposed to be a couple as well, and was supposed to be at the the wedding, but because okay. the actress the actress wasn't available. Oh, I uh, so wish that they had. And of course, they, because it's only a cameo, you can't really cast someone else because we just go, oh, he's got some woman. Yeah. Whereas the point would be, it's Leia Brahms. Yeah. So they rewrote it and gave it to Guinan, apparently. Uh, that's a shame. Oh, that skid you mentioned that. Yeah, it's I was. Yeah, that effect shot I always really liked. Uh, it's extraordinary for its era because we're talking motion control, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love this. I mean, Data he, he drops it in dialogue here. He's thirty four at this point, but he's thirty four years that he can remember all of where we don't necessarily remember being kids, toddlers, etc. Mm. So let, let's say he's roughly four, like. 40 in like human terms but he's got the control of over his emotions of like a child yeah i'm pretty sure that um cloaking shot then was from the search for spot oh uh, you mentioned that during the search for spot i'm not sure is the honest answer or at least I, yeah, I, in discover country one of the I'm, two. Al I'm always happy to happy to see klingons but i don't know why these two are in it <laughs> um is it, just, like is it just the boob window? Did he just go for that nose bone, uh, that uh, death punch uh, nose bone through the brain thing on oh, no, the Klingon? He kind of like backhands hmm. in the face, like, bah! yeah. So, so were these popular? I mean, I don't know about. Uh, I, sorry, I was just gonna ask. Are these I'd assume that. Sorry. No, I was just saying. Are these? Are these... Oh, I think it's a bit of delay. Are these popular villains in the in the in next gen? No, not really. No, no. <laughs> but I I I think the reason I can probably think of is because they did have a, a they've got a vendetta um, against Picard because of his involvement when they tried to take over the film on High Council. So just yeah, wait this title. is where I always have difficulty because I just think. This is why I'm quite defensive of the Abram stroke Justin Lin film, in that whatever you think of the films, 
Star mm. Trek had to stop talking to itself all the fucking yeah. time. Oh, yeah. This is the first big film, um, next generation crew film. So they don't just want people who've watched the TV show, you would think. And yet, for, to, to feel anything for Picard, we've got to remember his past, one assumes. But also, it's leaning on, like, this storyline. Now, you could just say they've got previous, just like Kirk and Khan had previous. Yeah. But what effectively happened, without going into the episode, because, A, I can't fully remember, but the gist is um, a family line that wasn't entitled to, like, leadership of the council tried to take it. In trying to take it, um, Worf's family was dishonoured, um, which is a major thing for a Klingon. Um, I'm not, I don't mean to be flippant about this, but it would be like us having something on our record we'd be really ashamed of, like paedophilia or something like that. It like is liking such, Star Trek Into Darkness. Like Star, like, well, yeah, that would be even worse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't imagine that happening. But it, it's really serious. And, of course, Picard was effectively... I, I can't think of the word for it, but... Arbiter. Yeah, that's the closest word to it, but I'm not sure that's the term they used. But he was basically conciliary, if you like, to, to Worf. And he had to wear a proper robe and all the rest of it. It was quite a formal thing. Mm. And, he had, yeah, he had to, yeah, he did. He had to arbitrate, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Be- because... because... Because they were women, as well, they found they they kind of had some guy who apparently had the DNA, because it was because it was the whole thing that they were women. Yeah, because they were women, and the Duras, who was the guy who had um, who had dishonoured Worf's dad, um, was dead or was not around. So So because they were women, they had to find a, a boy. So. It was the, the the claim that they just found someone somewhere and messed around with his DNA or whatever, or put him next forward. Gen, to... Next gen fans are like screaming at their phones and iPods right now. Yeah, <laughs> we struggle to remember it, and they're going, "No, it's this." His name was Boral, damn you! Yeah, but the, the gist is, they are known as the Duras sisters. They were trying to engineer effectively a coup. Picard was instrumental in making sure that didn't happen. They've got a problem with Picard. How that leads them to fucking Sauron, I've no fucking idea. No. They'll probably just use, because, like, uh, what villains have we got that are kind of, like, similar to what we've had before, so newcomers will understand. It's like, oh, well, they're they, Klingons. There, there, there is a line somewhere where he does say, if you want to reclaim your, your the Klingon High Council, or something along that, so a, a line, something along that. Yeah. Those lines. Um... Yeah, because I imagine they were exiled, especially because they were uh, helping. They were being helped by Romulans with uh, with Tashiya's daughter. Oh yeah, Sela. Good episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a redemption. Those two episodes. I'm gonna miss doing check with you guys. Sorry, I'm gonna miss doing check with you guys. Well, Charlie will be back for Star Wars. I know it's not the same. No, I'm but... looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you, are you as big a Star Wars fan? Me? Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, bigger. Bigger. Okay. Yeah, Star... I, kind I of... love the idea that you're supposed to pick one or the other. Like, I know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, no, but... They're, they're not, not even... They're not that similar, are they? Let's be honest. 
No, that's that's the thing, that, and that's why I've always kind of been drawn to both. Because I don't really see Star Wars as science fiction. It's much more kind of fantasy. I've even, Whereas, got, I've even got to be careful how I explain that, because the child in me loves Star Wars, and the adult in me loves Trek. Yeah. But that's not me saying Star Wars is childish or for kids. I, I just think that like Star Wars gets me on a slightly more emotional level. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And Star Trek makes me think cerebral and, and, yeah. and makes me and it isn't just that it's cerebral it is a lot of the time but when i just lounge around daydreaming i'll think about trek and think about it won't even necessarily be an issue in it well, we, that's from the tv series star wars is dreaming star yeah. wars is dreaming of the past star trek is thinking about the future yeah uh, they're very different things but at the same time it does i think it's a bit like I, I, i've said this before on a podcast there's a deleted scene in Pulp Fiction where um, Mia says to Vincent um, about you're either an Elvis or a Beatles person. And she said you can like both, but deep down in, in personality, you're one or the other. And I think that whilst it's accepted, you could like both. You almost have to say, it's a bit like, are you a cat or a dog person? Mm. You have to say you're one or the other. And it's it's somehow not acceptable to say both. And actually, I'd say I'm both. Um, if you ask me just to take one of the film universes, it'd be Star Wars without a fucking shadow of a doubt. Because we've had 13 Star Trek films, and I think the average standard has been lower than the Bond series we did. Um but across the piece, there's so much Star Trek. I love it, but they're not similar, not really. No, it's closer to Tolkien Star Wars. Exactly, yeah, that's the thing. It's much more kind of a fantasy, fantasy. Isn't it, yeah, and with all the kind of Western elements as well, and the samurai elements as well. It's a Western in space, so you it's know, very it's... much kind of yeah. So it's it's something that's taken from the past and dressed up in kind of future trappings, and then put in the past again. It's got a lot more history to it as well. I mean, there's a lot more to it. You know, there's a lot more like uh, planets, a lot, lot more different races. You know, a lot, lot more different sort of. Do you mean Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek. Yes, I mean in pure numbers, I'm probably sure we've seen more different races in Star Wars. But an awful lot of the time, it's just some passing thing in the background yeah. or something we see at a bar. Proper, um, proper knowledge of, of a species species and a culture i think star wars hasn't done perfect sorry star trek hasn't done perfectly because um most races have one characteristic it's a bit like most star wars planets have one fucking topographical feature like it's either all a desert which wouldn't work obviously hmm. or it's all you know but we buy that yeah but when you look at star trek you can't sum up human beings as neatly as we've summed up Klingons, for example. Yeah. Sure. But it's TV. What do you expect? You have to do a certain amount of shorthand, don't you, I think? And, and Star Wars has magic. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Star, Star Trek always takes a much more scientific approach. What if that makes it more... Well, is it magic? Trek it's is, isn't science of many Hmm? Is, is it magic or is it science with the Medichlorians? Well, even then, I mean, forget what we think of Medichlorians for a minute because we'll talk about it when we get stuck. I'm trying to forestall that conversation. Just Charlie there. But, right, 
There's no such thing. It's all nonsense. We'll talk about it when we get to the Phantom Menace, and I'll be on your side, trust me. But if we just take take it from the moment that these things exist and they're part of the Star Wars universe, well, I don't know if that's science. I suppose biology is science. Nonsense. I don't really know. It just strikes me as a very poor writer with three films to do what he wanted with. It's just it's just a stupid way to say this person's better than this person. More force sensitive. Basically. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. space top trumps. Yeah. Which is a shame because it was meant to be kind of mystical and you could commune with it if you trained the right way and had the right mindset. Well that's the thing. I mean even even though Luke was obviously Darth Strict Anakin's yeah. son, there was much more of a sense in the original trilogy and this new trilogy that he believed yeah but it can be anyone yeah the force is much more of a thing instead of where in the prequels it's much more into as if oh you can only be if you're part of this lot you can only be with that i, I always read um, it I, i'm really trying not to get into this but i've always read it that anyone can be force sensitive anyone can use the force but it's almost like i'm not a natural footballer but if I practice no. enough, I can kick a football around all right. But some people are born with it. Yeah. I think it's a bit like that. But even that's not satisfactory. I don't like it very much. But then they're like throwing in the old destiny thing, you know, like the, yeah, you know, the, the, the prophecy of like yeah. one that brings balance to the force and that kind of thing. That... Yeah. George Lucas does not understand the word balance. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> George Lucas doesn't understand a lot of things. Yeah, there's quite a lot of things. And yeah, the say. thing is, if, if I could, you know, they often say, you know, the the ideal dinner guest or you know the fantasy dinner party if you could have like i don't know four or five guests around a table who would you have george lucas would be one of them for me without any question at all but it's nothing to do with that it's genuinely that the guy is very interesting conversation about filmmaking film history and you know star wars has utterly changed the film industry digital has utterly changed the film industry completely Uh, the guy is fascinating he's just just, he's just got a tin ear for dialogue and he needs he needs collaborators mm. um and unfortunately the film was being made by his company i mean i i almost think the prequels wouldn't have been as bad if he'd literally been answerable to fox but yeah. he wasn't no it's the other way around so but no well i think that's the whole point of making them obviously he waited for technology to catch up Maybe you should have waited another 20 years, I don't know. I was going to say, technology <laughs> hadn't entirely caught up. Well, exactly, yeah. no, it hadn't. You think you should have well, liked well, I mean, like... That's what, the thing, is this... Was that why... Well, should, we, should, we hang, should we hang fire and wait till we actually get to the... To nah, the give, us a, give it another couple of minutes and then we will stop. Go on. <laughs> okay, we're put into it now. Those, those, those films are, um, are essentially experiments. Sure. Technol- technological experiments. And... I think that's probably the way George probably sort looks them more than the. Uh, and that's the one of the reasons he keeps re-editing Star Wars. That he, he mm. thinks of all films as like prototypes, but it's fundamentally disrespectful that you get a worldwide audience that falls in love with something, and you go, "Well, that wasn't ready, so you're not having it." Because I can fiddle with it. When I look at, I mean, Ridley Scott's made some shit in the last couple of decades, but. He's, he's confident in, enough in himself as a filmmaker that all five cuts of Blade Runner go out. And it's like, well, there's my cut. There's my preferred cut. 
there's my sort of previous preferred cut, if you like. And those are like the originals with the variants that came within. Have at it. Enjoy what you like. Whereas George Lucas takes the attitude, well, it wasn't finished. Well, it was fucking finished. You released it and took millions of dollars for it. No, that it's looks crap as well with that horrible, like, side head thing with the Harrison Ford. You know, the Greedo shooting first. It just, like, it just looks wrong. Yeah, I mean, oh. the effect is, I don't like it, but the effect is now as good as it's ever been in that it's fairly subtle. The worst effect in the entire the film in terms of... Jabba, yeah. His tail, he's just digitally lifted yeah. and dropped down again. Hmm. It looks really... Oh. It's not good. And, bumble, and I bumble. just think what annoys me with it more than anything else is the fact that Star Wars was like the gold standard of effects when I was a kid. I do remember watching Star Wars films in the early 90s in their original cuts on VHS and the effects still stood up. Three or four years later, by the time things like Independence Day came along and stuff, less so, admittedly. But, like, the prequels, you know, there are scenes where, like, Anakin's riding some fucking weird creature. Mm. And it looks horrendous. It's just going to be embarrassing now, isn't it, by today's standards? It was embarrassing at the time. It was time. embarrassing back then, it's, exactly. It's not ready, you know? and it. But, you know, if he pushed, if he pushed the technology on then fine, because whatever you think of the film, for example, you know, you had Gollum, well, Gollum was very soon afterwards, but also when you get to something like Avatar, I can identify one scene in that entire film that I don't think the effect's perfect. And that was like eight years ago. And eight years ago, you know, they were able to get properly emoting creatures. And I, I was really impressed by it from a technological perspective perspective and george lucas along with james cameron takes like a place in the pantheon for like facilitating all of this so he's given more to cinema than he's ever taken away it's just the prequels are not good they're not good at all okay let's draw a line under it now and then when we get there we can probably rant and unleash all our stress no, for me, it comes down to this. George Lucas is not a really gifted writer or director. It's He should have just like hired other people to just write. It's an ideas guy. Yeah, he should have just hired, hired other directors for start like, and say, well, that's fine. I'm still producing. Still got my my vision, my, 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 my you can ideas. You like, oversee the project, but give like, the writing yeah, and yeah. directing to other people. And, and, and kind of like, because you, know, you look at the, one, the, good, the good Star Wars films, it's like, well, they've been written by other people, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. Apart from the first one, which is still a yeah, really yeah. good script. <laughs> yeah, but you could argue yeah, that decent. that was made, that was proper made by by pure by pure determination and drive, you know, because it's it he hadn't quite made it by then, has he? I mean, he made films, but this was like the big risk, wasn't it? So it wasn't like expected to be like the big. Well, it kind of was, but he, he he just before he had a massive hit with American Graffiti. Oh, okay. Mm. Which is actually, if you good. watch that in THX. They're both essentially plotless. He, he's not a storyteller. He's a nice... It's a classic movie, though, I think. He's pretty good at world-building. But that's not an unusual flaw. J.K. Rowling's the same. She built a fantastic universe for Harry Potter. That's a whole other kettle of fish. 
So this sequence is utter fucking rubbish because we are told that there are 230 million lives at stake here. We never see any of them. And Picard spends most of his time just watching Soren work. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's very poorly done. I think it's kind of there's no there's no attention to it whatsoever. I don't think. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, you seem to be balmy throughout the whole of this film, but you just there's no real attention to it. As I say, you, you don't see them. There's no sense of what's at stake here. Beverly went to the salon before that scene. She looks <laughs> She's like, oh, I had my hair done. Because I'm worth it, Geordie. <laughs> So it's like a Timothy advert or something. It's like, have you had highlights? Oh, yes. Obviously, that drop in the ocean did it good. <laughs> Clearly. Should be thanking there. <laughs> well, that's the air, you know. Oh, helps your skin. Oh, Brent Spine is a legend. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Get on with it. Now, this thing is going to fly to the sun in 11 Ready? seconds. <laughs> so you watch this. Unless the, unless the planet is the size of a fucking pea. <laughs> I don't know what this is about at all. It ain't going to happen. See, he looks bored. I don't like this film in the second half. I, I, I I've got. I, I am really struggling with my it's rankings. A film of two halves, isn't it? It really is a film of two halves. I'm just struggling with my rankings terribly because I, I kind of think First Contact is more competent than this, but I think it's it's flogging a horse that they fucking killed about six years before. That the Borg had already been defanged and all the rest of it. Mm. It's more cinematic than this, but now and, and you've got Malcolm McDowell here, and there are positives to this. But I just look really at it. And think, I mean, the the whole ribbon idea is fucking mental. It doesn't work. The whole Nexus thing is stupid. This is quite interesting, though, is how he sees time. That's quite an interesting concept, though, I think. Doesn't he oh, constantly what, make puns with time as well? Oh, yeah, very punning. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than cunning, he's punning. Yeah. <laughs> he's a punning linguist. He'll <laughs> <laughs> have to pun her for information. <laughs> <laughs> Decide how much punning is needed. Yes. That's the other thing. I, I do... Maybe they couldn't have done anything that would live up to the hype. But what the hell is it he's going through in the Nexus that's just so unleavable? Because Picard ain't fucking bothered. He leaves quite easily. Face bothered? No. And, and so does Kirk. I mean, the problem is, we haven't given... <laughs> we, we, a, we don't know what it is he's, leave, he's leaving, and we don't know much about him as a character. Like, there's, like we we know why who he is and where he's from. We know 
Like, obviously, well, his, if you his, go his, to the reboot, you know, you know, Nero lost wife and children. Yeah. So if he went into something like the Nexus and his wife and kids were there and alive and he could spend his life with them again, yeah. And in fact, it would be a timeless life. That's fine. We know nothing about this guy. Malcolm McDowell's no. great, but if you took him out and put a less talented actor in his place, we'd be even more scathing. And what's the whole uniform thing about? I always thought that uniform was for a space station. I don't know. I guess because it was they used it in Deep Space Nine. It seems like cross promotion. Forget, don't forget, this is pre voyage <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe they knew that because they would have been making Voyager by this time, wouldn't they? Yeah, I would have thought so. So, so yeah. maybe they thought they wanted to... Um, Make it all feel like part of the same universe. And, yeah, and then they changed it in the next one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Voyager yeah. couldn't change. They were in the different quadrant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's an inferior Klingon ship kicking the shit out of the Enterprise. <laughs> well, it's got its shield frequency, so it's shields up against shields down. But let's send the most talented Enterprise. person to fly the ship. Hey, that's a bit she burns a bum. No. Well, it, How about it, the fire best, back? <laughs> it's, established, it's established in the two-parter chain of command, which is brilliant, by the way. Um, the, the best pilot on the ship is Riker. Mm-hmm. And he stood a few feet behind the council of flying fucking ship. He's too busy. Yeah, I mean, where's, his too... jo- where's his joystick? Yeah. <laughs> joystick of... That was on the E, they haven't, they built it. He pr- they probably <laughs> built it in oh, they haven't got it yet. Oh. feedback. Yeah, he probably, probably thought about it like at this time, but oh, that wouldn't be really good if I... <laughs> Why have my joystick? <laughs> Oh, Maybe you just can't like drive the ship and take command at the same time. Maybe it's like a guy thing. Well, he can't multitask. Got multitask. Yeah. <laughs> Get him to brush his teeth at the same time. <laughs> Pat your head and rub your stomach. <laughs> Look at that. Slow motion. Action. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, it stunt and half? Yeah, we got to be due a crash soon. soon. Yeah, coming soon. There will fire. No. It's not quite Kurt. This is a slow. This, I mean, Christ it's almighty. It's not really spread, is it? It's slow. Why, why do all Klingons like die the same way? Like one shot and they're like, oh, and then turn to the crew and they just like, go, oh, we'll, we're, we're fucked. Well, <laughs> it's exactly the same way as um, Chang in. Mm. That's true. In literally the last film, this was it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Pump. 
Meanwhile, 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 Excuse my noises, listeners. I've spilled a little bit of juice everywhere. I'm trying to clear it up. When doing commentary, drink water and not juice. What? You need to spill water everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So it's easier to clean up when it's not sticky. Okay. I won't ask for what juice it was. Orange. (laughs) What juice do you think of? I don't, know, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to ask. Dirty boy. <laughs> anyway, throwing rocks isn't going to help, is it? <laughs> well, he's, he's just found out about that guy, just sneaking here. Oh. Is he going to do the Geordie manoeuvre? Well, yeah, so what, what's the Geordie manoeuvre? Masturbating lonely. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when he, 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 he rolls under the door, it's like, it's like Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, is he doing it now? He's going to do it. Ooh, there it is. Yeah, that's the one. It's like Indiana <laughs> Jones style, rolling nice, underneath. Nice pose at the end. Like... Oh, a barrel roll. That's his, yeah. Yeah, do a barrel roll. <laughs> uh, listen to trek.fm for more on that. He does do a barrel roll quite a lot. What's Riker's signature move? Sticking his leg up right by the helm. And, and the joystick. Now that's just one film, but he spent most of, <laughs> he spent most of the series intimidating Helmsman with his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid if you're stood in front of him. <laughs> Don't look behind you. There it is. No, he gets a bit more to do in this one, doesn't he? But besides, yeah. It's like doing barrel rolls. Looking after the kids. Well, this is the first films. Oh, fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't find this film moving until some kid I'd never fucking seen before. Did you you want to see Geordie go back just for the teddy? And then come back and then. Ah, be alright. Yeah, be alright if it was an old. Visual shorthand, isn't it? It's kind of. Makes you wince, but. It's bollocks. Visual shorthand. He's in like a Vic Reeves impression then or something like. Rrr, rrr. A Vic Reeves impression? Do you mean like? <laughs> Let's hear that song. It just like properly. Sh- <laughs> In the style of a club scene. Anyway. Yeah, that one. 
So well done, Mike. You're five minutes in charge of the ship, and already you're so going to pop. Oh, yeah, well, he let some girly chagged fly it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean, she's a counsellor. It's not even the same thing, is it? I mean, for example, at the time of recording, I work for the NHS. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't work like that. Why she's starfly? <laughs> you have a training going. You can have a go. Help controls are offline. You don't say. They just anyone glued to his seat. Yeah. He's probably used that boss stick they use on the triple in this darkness. <laughs> the when he gets up later, he's just got his ass cheek showing. <laughs> Look at this action! <laughs> An old man crawling through a hole. We'll have him crawl awkwardly <laughs> through. Oh. Something he could have easily stepped over. How could you miss from there? He was clearly not trying to hit him, actually, because it was too far away. Bedtime. No. I do like the effects, though. Which ones? It's all right till it gets down to the planet. Yeah. And then it really looks like the um, toy town scene from Superman. Yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> a bit dodge. I always prefer... Join us in three weeks. I do always prefer, like, practical effects. Um, over CGI. I'm obviously poor practical effects over poor CGI. Anyway. Oh, if sure. one of them had to be shit, then yes, absolutely. But yeah, this doesn't look that amazing. And the other thing is, like, windows break and stuff. Crutch. Well, it's like in the um, JJ ones where they can just shoot out the windows. <laughs> yeah! And you shoot, just shoot out the screen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, how's that, how's that transparent aluminum doing for you? <laughs> they have there in the future. <laughs> Frankly, that should have killed them. Got really good cushioning in the... Uh... Yeah, nobody's going to put that fire out. Or that one. Yeah, like, sort oh, of proper suffocating everyone with <laughs> poisonous <laughs> fumes, yeah. Yeah, I doesn't like the car basically say like yeah like uh, injuries were light or something like that. Like no one died. Nobody died. It's a miracle. Hmm. We haven't got enough running time to mourn anyone, so no, um, so they all survived. We all wasted it on Picard crawling through a hole. The very first trailer they cut for First Contact. They didn't have much footage, so they cut in bits of like them all looking concerned on this. Uh-huh, fun fact, folks. You, you did have like Troy looking all like you know shaky and upset. There's a lot of kind of alternate takes to scenes as well. Yeah. First contact. Yes, there were. There was where 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 he says they've assimilated over half of the ship. It's from a different angle. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that the, the the line must be drawn here is yeah. completely different reading. He says it calmer, doesn't he? He says it the line yeah. must be drawn here. I'm pretty sure Generations they did the same, and it had clips from like um, what was the episode with cause and effect, or the, with Kelsey Grammer. Oh, that's a and great the, episode. Yeah, and things like that. We're all just hoping Spot's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm more concerned with Spot at this point. I must admit, when I watch this, when I watch, every time I watch this film, I always forget about Spot. Well, fact, Spot. I, I didn't even know Spot was even a thing until he showed up. So, oh, I was like, it's kind of, okay. Has Malcolm McDowell died his stubble? Well, he <laughs> Probably. Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be just fair, but... Well, I, I just looked him up. He's only 73 now, so he must have only been like 50, 51 here. When he looks up next time, it'll be... Go! <gasps> it'll be the chat. <laughs> Trying to make a difference. <laughs> it was... Oh dear. Here's the shot that has moved what, the shot. what action? Oh, here it is. Oh, veiny. Alright, it's going to go up and reach for it now. It's got to catch it. Oh! This is fucking rubbish. <laughs> but yeah, by the way, something's literally on the sky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just basically, that's got to be about as high as the average fucking helicopter. And they don't instantly fucking freeze to death, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's just got a bit dark, it's all right. What do you need the sun for? What is this now orbiting? What's giving it its gravity? I guess I didn't think about it too much. Probably the Nexus doing all that now. Ooh, that's quite an epic, epic scene. Yeah, I've always liked this shot. Looks a bit naff when it does and that. And he's though. going in to do God knows. Yeah. That's a bit enough. Well, we know Picard's going to have a cup of tea and be surrounded by kids. <laughs> or in course, playing Dickens. But not his brother. No. But not his brother. Yeah, we well, didn't like his brother that much, fucking. Go <laughs> 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 yeah, a bit 2001. God, it's full of stars. Gone a bit Fifty Shades right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote so far I'd never like to see. There, there. Why is he spinning yeah. around? Uh, because he's a Kylie fan. <laughs> 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 
That's, that's immediately what popped into my head. Just be, just be happy he's not wearing, like, hot pants on. <laughs> mm. These kids are annoying little pricks, aren't they? <laughs> I'd be terrified if I actually showed up. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you don't know who they are. Your first thought would be, oh dear, I missed all the like fun, like getting her pregnant with these. <laughs> <laughs> all the responsibility, none of the fun. <laughs> Still, we're about to see how difficult it is to leave the Nexus. Of course, we know in um, Picard's idea of heaven because a woman just off the mill, Grey. <laughs> it's Rene. I thought your dad was a twat, Rene, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want in the Nexus, you could say all this. You won't hear you, it's alright. Come back here and just listen to me. Your father is <laughs> a prick. Is an option. You'll be any the wiser. Let me give you a reassuring hug. He's a dick. <laughs> and you look nothing like Rene, by the way. No, he doesn't. So is that his fantasy here in, in that his brother still died in the fire, but the kid yeah, is saved? I think so. Permanently to come to Christmas Day. Yeah, can you imagine if his brother just like came around the corner now and be like, oh, fuck off. But you look, okay. you look at do you look at the spaceship that boy had as his present there? That wasn't Dickensian in the slightest. What's going no, on? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like, it was obviously not Dickensian, but you know what I mean. Just, it looks no, no, no. But that's but that's the thing. This is supposed to be some kind of Victorian kind of. Is is it just the decor? Is it the, the fact that they're all dressed like they're from a Christmas Carol? <laughs> and you got the kid there with fucking Manta Force. That probably wasn't the intention. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Well, that's, the thing. Was, that's the thing that snaps him out of it. He, he, he sees something. It's in the, the Christmas world. decoration. Basically, if that family hadn't put up a tree, we'd all be fucked now. What's that? Sorry? There's a big page. Then, then, finds, then finds his other fantasy, which is Guinan in a boudoir. Mm. <laughs> well, he'd already met her in a, you know. Candle laden room before. He's pretty much in a snow globe. That, that's what his fantasy is. Why? Why would it be telling him this? This is not good. He's still in his uniform as well. Yeah. Just think, like, surely they would. Oh. Guinan, quick, let me go get the wife. <laughs> it's a bit wishy-washy, the fact that she just shows up. How would she know to? And yeah, it's, um, shit is the word you know. <laughs> So, the, yeah, this is this is her echo in the Nexus, but she's talking to him as if they have previous knowledge of the conversation they had back on the Enterprise. Exactly. <laughs> This is an echo of her from like 22 something around the time of the launching of the Enterprise B. We know she knows Picard, but she hasn't seen him for a bit. In fact, he's not born in, in, in her time yet. Why not? She has met him before. That's explained in the series, but there's no way she would know any of this. Yeah. 
I guess it's all from it's it's almost like Picard talking to himself though, because if this is an echo of Guinan, then it's literally just like what Picard knows, reiterating um, what what really what, uh, could I say that again? It's basically what he knows being told in the voice of Guinan for what, what you know for what he knows. So it's like a half familiar body that I recognise. That makes sense. What you mean? It's like when we dream about something, yeah. it's not actually them, it's us. Yeah. Okay. She's telling him things he doesn't know, though. Okay, well, that's. And crap. I mean, like, no, I'm there already and stuff like that. Yeah. He doesn't fully understand the rules of the Nexus and she tells them to. Oh, oh and by the way, Kirk's here. Yeah. 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 And here's how you <laughs> just go up to it. Yeah, this fantasy looks really, really boring, doesn't it? It really does. We're supposed to care. Get on with it. I'm surprised the writers are men. Because basically what they're writing there is male fantasies. And I doubt this, that was it, to be honest. Where's all the cars and the chicks? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even saying they'd be salacious. I'm just yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I'm going to get to Kirk and he's like, he'll be on the Enterprise, won't he? Because that's his... Uh... No, 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 he'd be chopping wood. Because <laughs> a man in his 60s loves heavy physical labour. <laughs> but at least we get him to see to see him get back together with um yeah chop, chop, <laughs> what's that from becca chop chop dig dig uh simpsons well, it was, yeah. <laughs> just popped into my head sorry. i can't remember what episode that was though uh, i was oh, when him and ed went off to las vegas and he has two wives He's like, you know, two wives could do so much more for you. It's like, chop, chop, ding, ding. Yeah. I hear chopping, but I don't hear digging. Yeah. I just suddenly pops into my head, sorry. <laughs> I'm not concentrating. No, I know the signage has changed, but wouldn't you think that was odd? Kirk, the guy Very turns up dressed like that. Would you recognise that as a Starfleet uniform? Maybe. Mm. Oh, he's got the badge, I suppose. Similar. Yeah, you got the insignia, covers. I suppose, or like the, the colour scheme. Hmm. But I suppose he's not in the right, right frame of mind anyway, because he's like... He's just got there, 78 years. Yeah. He, he, he's going around like as if like everything's right, and when something's clearly odd, like he's out chopping wood while cooking breakfast. Walks into another room, walks into a stable, you know, it's just... Yeah, I, I cannot believe they came up with this because they have story conferences, you know, it's like, well, OK, wh where are we going to have them meet? And, and, and what are they doing? Uh, I 
of wonder what was going through their heads at the time. I think, right, okay, what can we do here? Well, I, I, f I figured they probably couldn't do Enterprise because well, they couldn't get Nimoy or, or anyone else, so that, that, that wouldn't fly. So they probably thought, yeah. oh, I don't know, we'd try and come up with another idea. I don't know. It'd be a bit weird if it was just like him on the bridge of the Enterprise with no one else there. Shatner's acting, acting his guts out here, isn't Eggs taste, eggs taste like? Um, props. <laughs> <laughs> eggs. Plasticky wax, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Better with some dill or oregano. I hope he's got some. Oregano. I know it's oregano, but that's where <laughs> we speak England, probably, and shit. Um, <laughs> but elsewhere, they pronounce it regular. Okay. I like there's blatantly nothing in that pan as well. Yeah, he's whisking around. He's done it already. He's done nothing in that pan. The steam. I think that's my favourite bit where he's like, oh, something missing, the toast pops up and he just points at it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Very gripping dialogue. Pass the deal, please. This is oh. brilliant. I know. Some People wrote down and discussed this. Uh, right, I've written this line. Tell me what you think. <clears throat> That's gold. Oh, yes, brilliant. Are you sure you don't want him to have like mixed herbs? No, 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 no. It's not right for this meal. I'm it's committing to the reality of the story. And there's your toast. Oh, dear. Oh, they should, they should be double teaming Edith, Edith Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <coughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude there, Becca. I meant um. <laughs> oh. I was realised I sounded lewd. Carol Marcus, I meant. They should be double teaming her. <laughs> <laughs> Equally hilarious. I hate that line. Oh, oh, what, the galaxy is more? Yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, Ego's really patronising and Picard goes really fucking pompous. And it's like, well, that's not what either of them are like. No. Does it annoy you that they actually wrote dialogue for the, um, for that character to say, or the fact that someone like Shatner would go, 
Well, that's not really my character, though. Well, my character wouldn't say like that, or... You know what I mean? Well, I think, all, I think of the two of them, this is just my opinion, I'd be really interested to hear Charlie's, but I think all bets are off on, on Kirk's um, character because he's retired. We've not seen him retired before. So the idea that he might just go, oh, fuck it, I don't know. The whole Antonia thing is bizarre, but I think we can judge... Picard is much in the same position as we saw him during the series. So... Yeah, whereas Kirk is, yeah, he's retired, he's off. And we can, we can, we can look at Picard and go, that's not Picard. Easier than we can look at Kirk and say that's not Kirk because Kirk's circumstances are different. Yeah. And Shatner's payday. Yeah. Yeah, he probably thinks, oh fuck it, I'll just read whatever they tell me to read. Yeah. Well, he did get involved in the script. It's one of the reasons it was really shot the ending because he didn't like the way he went and all the rest of it um yeah you said that before i, I didn't know that to be honest it makes sense because i know he's a horse guy yeah i know he's hung like a horse or something <laughs> he's happiest in the saddle to quit another movie he's happiest straddling but i can't do the accent <laughs> sorry i can't, do, I, I can't do the christopher walken impression He's not Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the heaviest in the saddle. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. That's the one. <laughs> you were for you to kill. I was like, I thought you were saying like Shatner talked like walking. No. <laughs> They're equally um, distinctive. Anyway, moving on. This is where we find out uh, because it wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. If Spack would hear, he'd call me an irrational. <laughs> Do you think that Black Beauty with the epic horse stunts? <laughs> Da, da, da. <laughs> Definitely not Shatner. I don't expect it to be anything other than a stuntman, but it's actually quite obvious. Yeah. He's like, hang on a minute. That was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> you can tell that. Hmm. that, that I'm not going to point at it, just in case you didn't see it. I was told that 50 times. So this time. Which is all real. It's out. Oh, Carol, I mean Antonia. I hope Antonia's the woman, not the horse, by the way. I've never thought of that before. <laughs> oh, God. That's... That's never occurred to me. He's yeah, like, there's Antonia point. and some birds sat on her back. <laughs> Maybe oh, it's Carol and he just calls her Antonia just to piss her off. That's like an ongoing thing between them. Yeah. Antonia, stop calling me that. <laughs> it's not my name. Ever since I left Starfleet, I've made a difference. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're about to be hanging out with someone you miss, so like, go do it. Don't worry about that. No. But surely we've got to save like some planet I've never heard of. One last act of bravery. This was a mistake. I mean, it shouldn't. It doesn't have to be Earth necessarily, because I think they overplay that. But it's what's like... this planet called? They even go to the. You know, they even give him that dialogue. 
what's the planet called again? It's like, well, that really just fucking, you know. That just shows it all up, really, doesn't it? It just shows that, like, he doesn't know, and why would he get? Just think, if if time is, like, has no consequences in this, why, why can't they just sort of, well, what's the rush? Why don't we just enjoy ourselves for a bit? Can we just go back yeah, to that? You know, I mean, right, as she's up at the top of the cliff, you want to do her clearly. You've got a family you'd like to raise and a cup of Earl Grey on, you know, <laughs> being for, yeah. made. It's Christmas tomorrow. Let's just, let's just do this It's literally for a Christmas bit. every and day. And then, go back, and then go back to the time when, uh, well, there's a multitude of things, really. You could go back to the time when they're, He's about to launch his probe and they just shoot it down because they know he's on the planet. I'm imagining it a bit like the end of Death Proof. Or, that they will beam in eventually to like the Enterprise D in 10 forward where like Soren's at the bar. They'll yeah. both kick the shit out of him and then they'll, <laughs> they'll leap up and high five each other with like freeze frame. <laughs> just like the end of Death Proof. And that'll be it. And then you stamp on his face. Credits. Mm. There should be more films that finish like that. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer, for example. <laughs> yeah! I actually quite like the way this is shot, only because I don't know if they've edited it in different or that's Patrick Stewart's legs. Yeah, like that shot from earlier. But yeah. it looks exactly the same. Literally, his yeah. position in it is exactly the same. That looks shit. That looks a bit fake. It's not that it looks fake. It's just like that. That's that's our best action scene. Best have a legendary captain here for like carefully running and punching. Yeah, carefully <sighs> sort of climbing down rocks. I think this was partly money. I think they wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I think budget has a lot to answer for in this one. Like a beach. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's shot very nice, but the the way it's the way the action looks like, it looks like it's just got like a camcorder and you can, like use members of your family just to <laughs> dick around in a bit. It does have that, yeah, it has that kind of really basic look to it, doesn't it? You shouldn't have oh. those in place. <laughs> <laughs> but his hair's been in place for years. It's in the sewer, sewer system. <laughs> exactly. Washed, it, <laughs> washed it down the fucking plug hole for over a number of years. <laughs> Sorry. I just cannot believe they thought this was a good idea. <laughs> We've got to have Picard and and uh, Kirk meet. Well, what we should do is have them cooking and they're having a fist fight with another middle-aged man. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Let's do that then. <laughs> Classic films of the making. Thunderbirds are a goat. No, not quite. That's good as Thunderbirds. I've seen an episode now. <laughs> one episode. One, admittedly. Oh, what, the new one? Or the and original? I was a bit bored, but that was it. Oh, the old one. No, watch, watch the new one. Look at this. Yeah, that's Malcolm McDowell. 
Yeah, there is. Oh, he's dropped his iPod or something. <laughs> yeah, he's remote. It's very annoying. They're just trying to play this up. The fact that it's their second go at it tells us they'll win. Because, I mean, frankly, it would just be cruel if they go back to do it over and he gets his ass handed to him again, <laughs> but this time with Kirk. <laughs> so don't drag it out that much. Having said that, this is pretty hard hitting the way this he gets hurt here. It's quite serious, isn't it? What well, fun. it kills him, so it's really well, serious. Well, no, I know, but it's just, it is, you know, it's physically, obviously. Like, oh, it's got a bit of... Um, it's crushing to it. It's got a bit of uh, uh, weight to it, yeah. Well, he dies doing the mission, doesn't he? Running out of time. We're running out. Thanks for that. Let's make uh, <laughs> the situation clearer. <sighs> could you could easily go? Uh, okay, shit. Should we just go back to the next and then come back again? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, right? The Nexus is going to pick them up. So just go back into it and get sent <laughs> yeah. round again. I mean, the worst case scenario here is they end up back, they leave him alone and end up back in the Nexus. Which is just no fucking big deal at all. It's like the, like the uh, ending in uh, Doctor Strange, isn't it? Spoiler alert, but. Yeah, careful, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, I don't, well, I don't I can't remember, to be fair. Oh, different bit of it was breaking that time, fair enough. <clears throat> Good catch. Mm. Quick, play the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah. He hits the button and it's Night Beaver, Night Beaver. This button's like out of range. Shit. That there. It, it, yeah, I'd imagine you might die off that, to be fair. I always get confused about like the um, where everything is in this scene, because because one minute like so, like the rocket seems to be over there, then like someone falls off a cliff and they just buy it. I just maybe it's, yeah maybe it's just the way it's shot. Uh-oh. Mm. Whoops. In the original cut, they basically just shot each other, didn't they? 
Uh, he shot Kirk in the back. Yeah, and then Picard just shoots him. Which, like, they they basically they that does this film the the only favor you can do it in the you look at that and go, well, that was a really stupid idea. So at least what we ended up with was only moderately fucking stupid. Mm. <laughs> I just think it's a horrible way. And I'm not fetishizing the Kirk character at all. It's like, I don't think they should have killed him off. But if you're going to, fine. But this is rubbish. This is not the way to kill off Kirk. Do it on the ship. Do it yes, on the it's ship. Not, not very respect, uh, respectful, is that, I think. And I just I think... think uh, although he's fairly fit for his age, and he really is. I mean, uh, William Shatner rides horses. I mean, Christ, there's nearly a skydiving scene. He's quite outdoorsy, he isn't he? Because he was into all that. Um, uh, he's as fit as anyone of that, that age could be. Um, and the fact that he's a tiny bit overweight and, and not a huge amount um, actually can be misleading in, in how fit you think he might be. But I, I, I do think at the same time, it's really, really not a good idea to focus his final scene around running around and stuff. Just because of his age, it's just like it's an older guy doing stuff. So, you know, um, play to his strengths, and his strengths are bridge of a ship, I think. But it was fun. <laughs> it was the most fun. Did we make a difference? <laughs> Anything for the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, careful what you commit yourself to there, Kirk. <laughs> He's quite a lonely guy, Picard. Dental, you could be Why was his last words, oh my? That was improvised by William Shatner. And it was him thinking about the moment of death and how he sees the afterlife or something. It's just, it's just it Shatner just being come, it, just comes, it just comes across as like a homage to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I it was him thinking about he, he really overthought all of this um well i suppose yeah. it's easy to do because it's like okay this is about the last time in the role and it's so, been such a major role yeah. i mean in pop culture it has been we can laugh at it but it, is, is it an effective send-off then I, I don't wish he hadn't gone out this way at all no and it doesn't help that it's not a very good film I mean, I don't As I was saying earlier, don't let them take you off your ship. It just feels like a bit of a waste. Yeah. It feels like a bit of a waste to do it here, like this. I don't know what you think, Charlie. Yeah, it's yeah. He should have died on the bridge of a ship. He should have done properly. Um, ideally, maybe have gone out with the Enterprise or a Enterprise. Yeah, in that they're both fighting something, and obviously the Enterprise A is not as technologically advanced. It would go down first, but yeah. it, might, it might provide. I tell you what, I think about is if you watch the episode of yesterday's Enterprise, mm. where they where they spend their time trying to distract. So the you know maybe it would play some sort of role like that, where it'd be trying yeah. to distract the enemy while the D could do something. I don't yeah. know. Or almost, I, I feel, good... almost in a like. A real life uh, uh, take on a Kobayashi Maru. Look at that way. Like he takes that again. Uh-huh. Yeah, we could even have him eating an apple. <laughs> yep. Oh, look, that's handy. Data's decided, you know, he can sort out his emotions and stuff. 
At last, that, at last. That's, that saves any like that right. That saves any of that writing bollocks. <laughs> Listeners, I don't want to upset you, but let's be honest. In reality, this cat would have been fucking flattened. But he survives. Spot miraculously survives. He's got nine lives, and he so. I just want to know what happened to Keiko's tarantula. Oh. Who's got a, who's got a tarantula? Um, Keiko and O'Brien. Your pet tarantula. Yeah. Calm Meany and his oh. Asian. Yeah. Survives. Is he on this crew? I'm not seeing him. Uh, he 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 was until about season four or something <clears> like that. <throat> five yeah. Two. And then he went over to Deep Space Nine. He's there. Oh, of course, yeah. Explains it. Well, it's like he's dosed full of tranquilizers. Oh. He hates cats as well, apparently. Yeah. Really? Mm. I've seen him work with animals and children, but... Is he allergic? That there, that made me laugh. That was talked about in um, the Plinkett episodes. That that thing he just picked up there and dropped like it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode, You see the episode where he gets it, and he was really, like, so chuffed with it and stuff, and it was a really important artefact. And you doesn't care. I know, he's like, you know, just drop it. it. I need my sticker album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your Panini sticker album. Why is he Good job, it's still in immaculate <laughs> condition as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The, the, the people of the Viridian system were so happy that we saved their lives that we gave, they gave me Kevin Keegan and Kenny Dalgleish. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, yeah, but didn't Kenny Dalglish replace Kevin Keegan? I think there's a flaw in there. Yeah, what cock. I know, asshole. This is... Um, I always thought Riker chose that outfit to sort of hide his belly a bit. Yeah. yeah he came, in the films, he came, he's obviously like a bit of a slob. Yeah. I think it's the poor lighting angle, I think. He did gain a lot of weight through the series. He's far from obese or anything. It's just, it was noticeable. How old was he, though? I mean... Oh, yeah, he's like... Uh, 52 he was born, so at this point he would have been 42. And there you go, that's the end of this film. At last. We did mention it occasionally while we were talking, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs) Between, like, Star Wars and... Yeah, I'm still looking for the first contact. Uh, I'm on the fence. When we come to the Star Wars movies, are we going to be discussing how crappy this film was? No, I think no. I think the Star Wars films demand stronger emotions than this film. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, This film's not terrible, and it's no, it's it's uh, it's average. I think I will probably rate it. That's that's the next generation film. Full stop. None of them are that great. They can't, yeah, they do. They do suffer from being like t- you know, extensions of the TV series, which is no. None of them are horrific. Even Nemesis, no. which is poor, and it is poor, it's watchable enough, I suppose. I will be just to see what everyone's favourite generations film is. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to it in just two weeks' time. Mm, look forward to it. So. 
yeah well thank you for joining us for you know that vaguely discussion of, about a film yeah I, I hope you feel we went into the depth you <laughs> wanted well I think we talked enough about it in the review didn't we anyway so <laughs> yeah that does defeat the object of doing commentaries <laughs> if that's your argument <laughs> uh, uh, oh we meant to talk about it we, we oh, okay. talked well, about what, it then didn't we but what like like the spy you love me uh, commentary what did we add to that that we didn't in the movie. We didn't know already. <laughs> that you wanted to have sex with me and grab all my beard, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, to be that, fair, that, we, that, that's better. I have to shed a few. We had not decided that at the point of the review, to be fair. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, actually, we I think we said about grabbing onto your beard. We didn't specify what we were doing. Maybe I just implied in your, uh, in your tone. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably you. Yeah, you just, and your mind immediately ran to sex with us, Charlie. It's a bit of a concern, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> it just seems to be a bit of a running I, I, I mean, I hope, you, I hope you mature a bit before you join us for Star Wars, let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe it was just the Roger Moore influence. Roger Moore had quite the influence on me. I was quite surprised I wasn't being shagged everywhere I went right after watching those seven films. It, it, it is like watching safe for work porn. Watching Roger Moore films. Because like everywhere he goes, it's like raised eyebrows and he gets laid. The only difference with porn is we don't see graphic detail. Becca, you you fancy Roger Moore? Would you like to watch him in more graphic detail? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Well, I'm just trying to like play out the credits here, so we can't like make conversation and stuff. I, I, I still, I still the greatest response was like <laughs> Becca say, "No, I won't sleep with Roger Moore. <laughs> He's a happily married man." Yeah, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Some reasoning. If Roger Moore that, like do, announces tomorrow he's divorced, right? He's been be in like <laughs> mm-hmm. free sanatogen. With his millions. <laughs> millions. No. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, I just like the silence while you thought about it. Because you were quite close. To going, well, like, yeah, right. I was still waiting for, you know, Daniel Craig to pop on the uh, commander outfit, you know. Uh, That's a whole other story. Oh, I see. Uh, Naval uniform. Yeah, he hasn't worn his commander uniform yet in the film, so I'm kind of hoping it'll pop up in the next one, maybe. Mm. Anyway, that's another podcast. (laughs) No, it's not going that way at all. No, it's never going to happen, I don't think. But that's a different podcast entirely. Chris, you can do it. Okay, so what what are we doing next week? Next week is we're doing it darkness. Okay. Dave, where can we find you on social media? Oh, good point. Yeah, I nearly forgot about social media. You can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. Uh, You can find me at Trucks on Twitter. Um, You can also check out this podcast on my website, which is uh, SimTrucks.co.uk, where uh, I could possibly be making other podcasts that isn't Do You Expect This Talk? Hopefully, sometime soon, but you'll find all the the Do You Expect This Talk episodes on there. I'll be on it because he'll he'll think about it at a whim. 
yeah. on a whim and you'll suddenly be shit. I've got to get someone on this. And it'll be like, hey, you do it. Dave, go on, on you go. And I'll just fucking, I turn up to everything. So yeah, why not? Charlie, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at uh, Movie Drone on Twitter and moviedrone.thedigitalfix.com. Don't how... forget to hit up his wife at <laughs> Mrs. Drone. <laughs> please, please don't hit up my wife. And, Not uh... interrupt that. We just meant sex. I mean, we just meant <laughs> saying hello. Notice how I actually changed it on the uh, on the current current one now. I've changed the movie drone. God, you must have been so proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> you mentioned it. You listened to that action bit. Amazing. Hello. What an amazing sequence of events that was. I know. <laughs> it was quite late in the evening, you know. A long week ahead. Oh dear. But yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at to Talk. Uh, also on Facebook com slash expected to talk um so that was my controller falling on the floor um live <laughs> live as it happens <laughs> you must search for us on uh, on youtube as well and uh, expected to talk and you can drop us an email expected talk at gmail.com also you can also search for us on the wonderful world of stitcher and itunes and don't forget to give us a glowing five-star review as it helps us to rank higher in the ratings and attract more of them listenery people. Yeah, we don't want any of them shitty four-star reviews. <laughs> no, we want your glowing five-star reviews, yeah. please. Yeah, the one where they say you're all great except the older fella. You're all great apart from that Dopey Bent who didn't know How do you know who's, so who's older and who's not? I think it's me because my voice, people have told me my voice sounds older than you two. You sound old, Dave. I don't... Didn't say old. You sound wiser. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so wiser to you listen to the fucking content. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of wisdom to impart. Thanks. As do we all. As do we all. No, we don't. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know it. Join us next week for more wisdom. Yes, yeah, so um, change your plan. Mind you, we are smarter than the film in that case. Yeah, change your plan. We were originally uh, doing... Um, Star Trek 09 as voted by listeners but fuck it we're doing internet instead so yeah bye Hi, everybody <laughs> thank you for voting Ooh. we don't give a shit what you think <laughs> we don't want to watch 09 again Into Darkness is just so much fun <laughs> yeah we want to watch <laughs> Chris Pine kicks the get shit out, out of something <laughs> yeah so because I want to and, and Benedict, yeah, Benedict's explosive hands. He's very nice to look at. What can I say? It's not. He's a weird looking. I mean, I I'm not into guys, <laughs> but he's weird looking. He I don't is, get this. Women all weird. He looks really odd. He is weird. He's uniquely handsome. He's the only man I've ever met with webbed eyes. No, webbed eyes. You're just thinking of the photo where he's Yeah, but he's got webbed eyes. His face looks like a foot. He looks like a snapping turtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> like I said, very unique features. Not the kind of snapping I'm looking for. <laughs> anyway, join us next time, folks. Yes, for we're going into darkness for reasons we for don't yet. Time. So we had to believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we don't think our performance has been good enough, so we want to punish ourselves. <laughs> into darkness. Good night, folks. Oh, are we getting alcohol for, for this? Yes. <laughs>
I may even attempt, you know, I may even fucking go for amphetamines and shit. <laughs> Good night, folks. Poppers, let's just do the lot. <laughs> That's fun, folks. That's fun, folks.